I'm Kimberly Amici. Welcome to the Build Your Best Family podcast. This is a practical show to help you imagine, plan, and build your best family. We believe that the secret to having a happy family is not being perfect, but having purpose. Each week, I'll be sharing with you lessons I've learned and conversations I've had that will help you become who you want to be together. Watching our kids struggle with disappointment isn't easy. It's uncomfortable for parents and sometimes even agonizing. I know I want to fix it. I want to rush in when I see my kids disappointed. But guess what? I can't always do that. So what can we do to empower our children to navigate disappointment well? That's what Elise Daly Parker and Jess Carey and I are talking about today. Hello, ladies. It's so good to see you again. Hello. All right, we're going to start off this episode with one recommendation that is making your mom life better right now. Who wants My, to go first, Jess? I will go first because I just, I can't believe I just did this, but I just downloaded Bark, you know, the parental monitoring thing, software. No, I haven't of, heard of Bark. Okay. This thing is like blowing my mind. So it has all these like really great reviews. I I actually got it from a guy that I follow on Instagram. Actually, he was in your conference. Oh, um, Chris. Protect Young Eyes. Yes, Chris yeah. McKenna. Yeah. So he recommended like a couple of different ones. And I, I looked at some of his and this was one of the ones that he had mentioned. And so I looked into it. And anyway, it basically scours all of your kids' devices, their iPhones, their Gmail, their social media wow. feeds, what they watch on YouTube, mm. so that you don't have to like be a helicopter hover parent. Mm. And you can set the levels of severity that you want brought to your attention. So That's like for awesome. my daughter, who's 13, I don't really care if there's a little bit of profanity in her text message with her friends. I'm like, please, right. I don't care. You know, if, because I can't control everybody's potty mouths, right? But if it's severe or it's extreme or it has a violent or bullying edge to it, then it flags it for me. And then I can mm, read the thread. That's awesome. So it's been amazing. Like in two days, it it flagged or it read through over like 25,000 things on both of my kids' devices. Oh and gosh. it flagged like on my daughter's, it flagged like 200 things. I was like, oh, I got to change the settings on this. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I can't read through 200 things, but it is... <laughs> Highly, highly recommend it. it so is you actually install it on things. their phones? Yep. So okay. you install it on their phones and then you install the parental control aspect mm-hmm. of it on your device and on your computer. And then mm-hmm. you can review all of the things that it flags. And it really just allows you to have a conversation. It's not like, it doesn't like shut their phone off or, you know, anything like yeah. that, but you can, you can just look at it and then be like, do I need to have a conversation about this? You know? So it just gives you more ideas of what their friends are doing, what they're doing. Are they contributing to some of these conversations? Are they not? You know, that kind of stuff. So I yeah. love it. It's I great. think that's amazing. I, I yeah. love that idea. I saw yeah. an Instagram once and I, I decided to do it. It was kind of funny. If you go into your kid's phone and, you know, there's like, you know, when you do uh, quick keys or you type things yeah. and you can get it to like, like say, say just left. You could do JL and it'll, it'll make it go ju- to say just left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like if I'm texting with my husband, I can just do that. And then he can read the full sentence. So All I right. changed words so that, ev- so that if she were to curse, like for, for that, 
for the S word, I changed it. So if she typed that word, it would say poop. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. That's funny. And then I I, I picked a couple other words that I know that those girls in that group use. And I changed them to say like really funny things. Oh, I love that. Your mama or something. And I was like, I was like, Best ever. I'm doing that. Yeah, doing that. Yeah. So then, when she tries to participate in the conversation, she's like, "What's going on?" She's like, "Oh, poop." What did she? What did she do about that? She. She's my one that's so sly. Like I was like, so we had our pack for a really long time. And it was working. It basically takes off. It, it like shuts down certain apps at certain times a day. And okay. so we were paying the four ninety nine a month, and it was working. But she figured out how to get around it. And she's so okay. sly. Like, what are you talking about? I don't know. My, where, no, no, wait. Like, uh, oh my she, god! I ended up canceling our pack. Like, it's not going to do me any good. Like, she's you know. And then I just changed my settings on Netflix, and I did everything Chris McKenna said to do. And she somehow figured out how to change her settings in her profile. Wow! And so, and you supposedly can only do that on the left. I don't even know. So now, does like, she? Does how do you deal with that? Does she get in trouble for that? That would that would be like something I'd be upset about. Great question, Lise. Da-na. I'm using it more as a teachable moment. Like, I just, I think it depends on the personality of your teen. Yeah. You know, and I am, I'm cautiously letting her know that I'm aware mm-hmm. of what she's doing. And there's reasons why I'm doing what I'm doing. You know, mm-hmm. so my son is like, all right, whatever. Like, he's more likely to, I don't know, watch it on somebody else's device or go upstairs and watch it on the upstairs TV, you know, because it's on the downstairs TV that they watch whatever they want. And it's not anything horrific. Like I haven't come across anything that's like really needs yeah. a good talking about. Yeah. It's just, you don't need to watch squid games. Like there's no reason mm. to, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like just these little things that I'm trying to to control. Yeah. So I don't really have, it's like one of those things where I haven't really caught them doing it. I just know that somehow unexplainably these things have changed. You know what I mean? Like I haven't, I could, I haven't caught her changing her settings on our pack. I just know that mysteriously this one (laughs) thing is toggled and I I didn't toggle it. And then she's really good at making me question myself. So I'm treading lightly and praying for the Holy spirit to leave. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I would say you're going to be a, an incredible lawyer or maybe a detective because yes. your brain thinks that yes. way. Or, or an engineer. I mean, or that she's like yeah. figuring out ways around. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that's part of the issue. I'm, I'm learning with her to be very strategic and let like the Holy spirit show me how to present things when the yeah. time is right. Yeah. Smart so, mama. <clears throat> yeah. Right. All right, Elise, tell me something that's helping your life right now. Well, I guess, you know, I, I'm really not into cooking and I, I, I did it a lot, but I, 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 I really lost my steam towards the end. So I thought towards the end of when my kids were all home. So I really, I really like to batch cook. I like to make, like take a weekend, especially in the fall for winter meals that are easy to like, just pull out of the freezer soups and stews and just, go to town for a whole weekend with a vat of chili and, you know, again, different stews, broccoli, cheddar soup, and just batch it, put it in small containers that we can use easily, 
pull it out whenever we're hungry. And it just has made my life so much easier. Plus I choose things that I like. And so it's tasty food as well. And I think Mm -hmm. it's, you know, great to do for your family as well. Mm -hmm. That's definitely a whole episode. I don't batch prep much, but when I do, I'm so thankful. Mm -hmm. And I remember you used to have people over to do that. Mm -hmm. We'll do that once or twice a year. We'll do like slow cooker meals. We'll do like 10 slow cooker meals and just prep them all, stick them in our freezer. And then we just throughout soccer season, pull them out. So smart. I love it. So good. So I don't know if this is making my mom life easier, but it's definitely helping me as a mom. I have one of those cups, coffee cups or mugs, because I don't drink coffee, that you charge and it keeps your liquid drink hot for about an hour and a half, which is huge. That'll take me through my morning routine, my devotional time, getting interrupted taking somebody where I didn't think I had to take them, you know, oh, like Lord. all of that stuff. So that by the time I'm done with all of that, I can come home and my, my drink is still hot and waiting. Oh, that's me. nice. I like that. Do you, which brand did you get Kim? Do you, do you mind sharing or do you know? Yes. Let me tell you, I can't, I have a little app on my phone. Ember. Oh, Ember. So I yeah, can like click it. All brands and, are created equal. Yeah. And I can see at any given time, like what the temperature of my mug is and I can turn it up or down, Whoa! And, you know, cause I think tea is at a different temperature than coffee. I don't know. Cool. I like Dude, it. I fancy. love it. <laughs> my little splurge. I love it. Awesome. Okay. So today we're going to be talking about kids and experiencing disappointment and why it is important for them to just dis- to experience disappointment. I think that we can all say that probably this last year and a half has been a huge disappointment for our kids in so many ways and for so, and in so many different, yeah, no matter what age, you know, we've missed out on a lot of things and, you know, put the pandemic aside, there's still disappointments that our kids are going to face up, up and down. And I, I have been finding that. I've made it a priority in my house because I I was seeing that my kids weren't handling disappointment well. Mm. And I was beginning to worry that it was really going to be a pattern and that this was eventually going to be not great for them, right? As they get older. And so I started to really take a deep dive into what does it mean to be disappointed and then how do we walk them through it? So that's what Mm -hmm. I'd love to talk about. I'd love to get some tips and tricks and some, some input from you guys so that we can, we can help our kids go through this better. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, I was just having a conversation with a friend the other day and we were talking about just like, well, my family's going through some major disappointment. We just lost my father-in-law. So like we're grief and disappointment and frustrate lots of things, but I was sharing, you know, we have a lot of tools to cope with this our, you know, our faith, our family, our friends, like even just having an awareness of mental health concerns, like all that kind of thing. But I, but this friend of mine was like, you know, Jess, not everybody does. And that's why our Mm -hmm. counselors are literally overworked. I couldn't get into an appointment until the new year. And it's, it's like, we need the mental grit and the foundational tools to face the unexpected, to, to face the disappointing, you know, and how do we continue to have like a positive outlook, you know, in these circumstances? So I think this is so, such a critical conversation. So I'm really thankful that we get to have this today and I'm sure I'm going to learn some stuff. So at least tell us. 
Yeah, it's, it's interesting that you say that just too, because I have talked to people and they too have tried to get some mental health support and mm-hmm. it is, it's just not available right now, which is right. a real indicator. Yeah, um, I'm telling. I think of our resilience as a, as a culture. It's pretty, it's pretty interesting. It has been, of course, unprecedented. Um, Oh my gosh. You said the word, (laughs) you know, I know. Well, it hasn't, it hasn't, it hasn't our lifetime, but it hasn't. Yeah. When you were, if you look at the overall history, I mean, I read that and that gave me a little bit perspective because I needed. Oh no, no. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely true. It has not, it's not unheard of. It's just, we have not experienced Mm -hmm. it. And, you know, I'm thinking today uh, is veterans day. And Mm -hmm. I thought about that too. Like we have not been through war like those people have. And Mm -hmm. that impacts your resilience and your ability to be disappointed, to be, you know, feel low or whatever your reaction is. So yeah, interesting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very good. All right. So what are some of the, the, well, what are some of the reasons that it's important for our kids to experience disappointment? Well, Kim, what do you think? I mean, you, you, your kids have navigated some pretty, pretty significant disappointments in the last couple of years. Like why, why is it so important to you and why are we having the conversation? I'd love to hear. Yes. All right. One of the reasons why I think it's so important that kids experience disappointment is because it really does mimic real life. We can't shield them from disappointment. There's a lot of things that I do with my kids. And I've had people ask me like, how did you know to do that? And it wasn't that I had some big ideas as much as I wanted to replicate what the real world was like in my home. And so the things Mm. that I did with my kids, I chose to take a you know, whatever it is that you experience in the workplace or whatever you experience in adulthood and then bring it down to something that's like their level so they can mm-hmm. understand what it is. Like manageable. Yeah, yeah, of course I want to like swoop in and make everything better for them. Of course I want to smooth things over or make sure they get the best spot in X, Y, and Z. But I can't do that and there are going to be disappointments. You know, one thing um, that comes to mind as I'm saying this, my daughter, when she went from sixth grade to seventh grade, did not get into advanced math. Mm-hmm. And I know this is like, well, what's the big deal? It's just math. And it was not because she wasn't capable of it. It was because she didn't do the homework. She was like, I just, you know, didn't ever want to do the homework. And we've really fought. Like we, we tried to waver in, we did a few different things and we even reached out to someone who was like on the board of ed because we're like, give us the scoop on like how to like handle the situation. Cause we're really disappointed. And our daughters were friends and they were on par academically. And we just wanted to get her feedback. And she was like, it's okay for your daughter to deal with disappointment. It's okay for her to not be in the class she wants to be in. And now what is she going to do about it? Now what is she going to do about it? So smart. And the years that followed, She ended up taking geometry the summer between her freshman Mm -hmm. and her sophomore year so that she could be, so she could catch up to where she wanted to be, which would prepare her for, you know, the SAT in time and would do all the things that she wanted to do. And she did the work. Like she suffered the consequences of where she found herself. She realized she was disappointed. She realized she had gotten there herself. And mm. she did the work. I mean, she did six, she did, she did a whole year's worth of geometry in six weeks. Mm. And, yeah. and she now has the skill. She knows what it takes to get up in the morning 
spend two hours working and then have your whole day to yourself, you know, to do whatever you want in the summer. And so we yeah. created, so there's so many skills that she got out of yeah. that experience. Yeah. And then she ended up taking like AP physics one and two AP calculus. Like wow. it was ridiculous. Of course she was capable, but she had yeah. to go through this disappointment. Yeah. To get that like fire it just underneath It wasn't her. handed to her, right? It wasn't handed to yeah. her. I think <clears throat> that's one of the things that I would say is that you know, teaching our children to, you know, go through disappointment is also a way of helping them manage expectations, right? Mm -hmm. You learn to set appropriate expectations for life and the world. And, you know, it it also helps you not set expectations, especially out of line for other people. You know, people are going to disappoint you left, right, and center. They just Mm -hmm. are. And you're, you know, we know we're married. Our spouses have disappointed us. Our kids disappoint everybody. Mm-hmm. And so it gives them this like ability to remain in love, still servant hearted, still like going through the motions with the family and manage their expectations for other people, you know? And I think that that's one of the biggest keys because when we, when we set appropriate expectations for others then we're far less likely to be disappointed by them. Mm. Offense goes down, right? They're just like, oh, I just never expected them to do anything like that, you know, and, or or do something nice for me or whatever. Like when we set those, those you know, expectations, like, oh, my husband's, it's our 10th anniversary. Like he, he's going to go all out and take me to Paris. And then, you know, you go like camping in Colorado. You're like, oh, <laughs> just don't do that to yourself. <laughs> Yeah. That's such good practice. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. But I do think like when I think about my daughter's story, I definitely, it definitely helped her to build problem solving skills. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like she was able to, to solve this. Like we, and and it wasn't because we were so righteous and we wanted it to be a teachable moment. We wanted so bad for it not to be a teachable moment. We wanted so bad to like get her in the class she needed to be in. And it just didn't work out. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really empowering to, um, to be disappointed or not get what you think you deserve. I mean, she, she admitted in your example Mm -hmm. that she wasn't putting the work in and you guys would have liked to have compensated for that by using whatever, you know, we want, we want to do that for our kids, Mm -hmm. but she learns nothing from doing that. And instead mm-hmm. she really learned how to do the work. And that's empowering when you find out that like, oh, okay. So yeah, I didn't, I didn't do the thing that I needed to do. Now I have and A equals B, you know, or, or A plus B equals C. I did it. And now I get to do, I get the reward of putting mm-hmm. in the hard work. I think that's wonderful. My, my kids were in a lot of theater stuff and there was a lot of, competitiveness and a lot of, Mm -hmm. you know, and there was certainly unfairness, like literally somebody was really connected to the director, whatever, but mostly there was a lot of, it's hard. You put yourself out on the line and you get, you don't get the part. And I think, you know, again, it wasn't easy, but I think it was good for all of my kids because they have some tenacity that I don't, I don't have. You know, they're kind of not afraid to try something that they're going to fail at, that there's only certain slots open 
I remember my daughter, I know it, it stung when she wouldn't get a part, but I remember Farrell saying, my hair color wasn't right. My body type wasn't right. Like in, instead of making it all about, oh gosh, I'm so disappointed. I didn't get the part. It was like, there's practical reasons. I did the best that I could. I'm not gonna. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think it really I'm manages. not gonna lose sleep over it, right? Yeah, it manages emotional response. It really teaches lessons about, you know, what what you get when you work really hard. And sometimes it doesn't always work out that way either, by the way. And sometimes yeah. they learn life isn't always fair. And that's mm-hmm. that's not Ooh. a fun lesson, no. but it's the truth. Yeah. But here's the thing. So Kim, you were saying earlier, because you have, you have a child in college now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know if it was you that said this or someone else, but they were saying, you know, college kids are having an epically hard time in their first semesters. Yes. And it's like when we coddle these kids and mm-hmm. we, you know, we swap a disappointment for a treat for, oh, let me take you shopping or whatever. We, we yeah. try to cover the wound and we don't just yeah. let them sit in the disappointment. Then all of a sudden they're thrown to the world and disappointment is everywhere. And these kids are slipping into epically high levels of apathy and depression and all this stuff. It's like, we we haven't actually given them the tools to cope with just regular life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. And also I think about just some of what you're talking about. Like I've heard so many parents say things about like the college dorm and that, Mm -hmm. oh, it's it's so small. It's so, oh, it's so tough. It's And I'm like- (laughs) It's college. <laughs> like they're kids. They don't. Yeah. They don't need an apartment. They they just need to yeah. like actually a room makes navigating all the rest of the yeah. stuff a little simpler. Yeah. So I, yeah, I'm 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 not. I I definitely, of course, I didn't want my kids to go through difficult things, and I didn't yeah. like watching them go through it. I'm certain that there were times when I. I, I hate to say it, but I think I sort of went from one extreme to the next. You know, in some cases, I just absolutely would do anything I could to help them avoid that pitfall. Yeah. But then in other in other situations, I was like, I got to just let this go and let them go through yeah. whatever they need to go yeah. through. You know, whatever the failure might be. Or yeah. I remember, Kimberly, what you're talking about with, with school, my, when one daughter really felt it was unfair to, uh, she'd gotten a grade in English and she just felt like the teacher just didn't know her and didn't really, really didn't, wasn't honoring her work. And Mm. she went and talked to her, which was so hard for her. I mean, I think it practically made her sick. Like kids (laughs) not like to talk to their teachers about this stuff. Right. And the teacher like inched up the grade by like, you know, two points. It wasn't even a, a great difference. And it was so disappointing, but it was like, you know, yeah, you did what you were supposed to do. That's right. And you couldn't move the needle, but you, you, you need to take pride in the fact that you did it. You did something that was hard for you and it didn't even reap the results, but still you did it. So it's kind of the opposite of, of disappointment, but I mean, she was disappointed, mm-hmm. but yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, I have a question. I have a question for the group because Alex and I massively disappointed our children. This was just before COVID. And so backstory, both of my kids were competitive gymnasts, very good. 
like doing incredibly well, like winning, right? Like they're going to these competitions and they're either middle or top of the food chain in lots of these competitions. And so they, they leveled up again and it's like, okay, more money, more time, more, Mm -hmm. more, 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 all the things. And so Alex and I had a conversation and we were like, you know, babe, this is, this is like college money. You know, this is send them to university kind of level here. Yeah. And so we had a conversation with the kids and we said, listen, this is all the money that mom and dad are willing to spend on entertainment or recreation of any variety in the whole year. Mm-hmm. And so you guys can make a choice. And this is probably where we went wrong, but we said, you make a choice, either it's gymnastics. And then literally we we told them no birthday parties, no impromptu like holidays, no vacation with the family. Like it's gymnastics. That's it. Mm-hmm. And we said, so you make the choice whether or not you want to do that and stay with Jim or try a new sport. And like, we'll still be able to do all the things that we love as a family. Both of them chose gymnastics. Wow. And so we said, okay. And we move forward. And literally, I'm not kidding you. The, the next week, half of my son's team. So all the boys that he had been literally competing with for several years now, half of them went to another gym, just up and mm. left. And there were only like now two, there was like three boys total on his team. And that was one of the main reasons that we were even considering keeping him in gymnastics was that it was such a you know, camaraderie, whatever. Yes. And, and then my daughter injured herself so <sighs> brutally. Ugh. two days after the thing happened with my son that she could no longer compete and she had to go into physical therapy for her back. Oh my gosh. So I'm like, so then, you know, I'm like, that's it. That was a prompting from the Holy spirit. We're pulling them out of gym. They're trying something new. Like that's it. So we did that. And I mean, we prayed about it before we really felt like God was saying, this is, you need to pull them out of this competitive Mm -hmm. gymnastics world and like do something else to this day my kids still sort of longingly think about and consider that one of their greatest disappointments in life. And I still don't know how to help them. So Mm. please. So, so when, when you say that was one of their greatest disappointments in life, what do you mean them leaving gymnastics? Yeah. Us pulling them from competitive gymnastics. Okay. For sure. Wow. That's tough. That is tough. I think See, I mean my the- my daughter's physical therapist when we went to go to the orthopedic surgeon he said you know how long have you been doing gym and we told him and he goes oh yeah that's about the career of a of an average gymnast he goes you wouldn't have too many years left before you'd have to have cortisone shots like every week and I'm thinking <laughs> what yeah that's so for tough. me I'm like I made the right mama decision are yeah. you not hearing him did you yeah. hear what he said <laughs> yeah and what do they say about that I mean doesn't really. No, I think I, really. I think it's like you know, as a kid, you think you're invincible. Like yeah. nothing can ever go wrong. Yeah, yeah. And it didn't. And matter. if it does, you'll get better. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a that's a really tough one, Jess. I mean, we definitely had conversa- a lot of conversations over spending a lot of money on, you know, soccer yeah. and all that yeah. kind of stuff. And the converse, we didn't really have the conversations with our children much. We had them with each other, but 
I don't know. I, I, that is really tough. And gymnastics is so specific, but I also know because we did have kids dabbling in it for a while in one of those fabulous gymnastica places. Did you ever do that, Kimberly? We did little gym. We didn't take it very far. Yeah. Well, my daughter, Katie, like whatever she did, she always wanted to really level up with everything. So we did some of this gymnastica. And of course, you know, there was some promise there and but she got out of it early enough that it didn't start to mushroom in terms of the price. Right. I don't know. I think that, I think they're going to be okay. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's going to take time for them to see the big picture. Yeah. And I think yeah, we continue good. to pray that God shows them something better that he has in store for them. Mm-hmm. You know, oftentimes, Yeah, and I don't know if this is cliche. I find that it's been true in my life is that a, a a, a no to something is often a yes for something else, Yes, you know, yeah. for a different direction that he wants to take us. And, you know, I don't have this on here as the list of things to talk about, but, you know, there may be a process and a time when you're going to, when they're going to have to deal with forgiveness, they're going to have to choose yeah. to forgive you guys for this. And not because <laughs> you guys were evil or wrong or did anything, but that, you know, here's another reason why the kids should experience disappointment. They need to understand the process of forgiveness and so understand good. Am I blaming everybody yeah. for everything? Or am I willing to, to lay it at Jesus's feet? Yeah. You know, God may use that for them to be incredible coaches in the future. Like we don't know yeah. what he has for them right. in that. But I think there's a certain amount of trust we have to have, especially if you know that yeah. you prayed, prayed about it. And, and I do think that, you know, look, we've all been in situations where we look back and we see God's sovereignty and, and yeah. it was not what we would have picked. And right. we look back and we're like, thank God I didn't marry that guy. Right. So there's oh always, God, yes. <laughs> yes. And there's every woman always... said amen. True. Yeah. And I think experiences like this, disappointment allows you to practice having big emotions. You, we talked, you brought yeah. up emotions earlier. I mean, you know, I know people in my life that are so not in touch with their emotions and it would, uh, yeah. and they just, if things would be different, if they didn't spend their life having someone else solve their problems or buffering and putting a bandaid on those feelings, but yeah. rather practice experiencing them, practice the, you know, on like embrace the grief, embrace the disappointment, embrace the sadness, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and just say, it's, it's okay to be sad. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's one of the, that was one of the things I was thinking about Kimberly, when you, you know, shared with us some of what we were, we were going to be talking about. I think it's, it's like, we don't, sometimes we don't as parents want our children to have all those feelings, mm-hmm. to yeah. have negative feelings. We want to protect them from disappointment or we don't even want to, sometimes for me, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I just didn't want to hear it. But I think yeah. there were times where I really needed, because I, I guess it impacted me, you know, and it made me sad and I didn't want, you know, codependent sadness coming over on me. But when I think about it and, and it's, it's something that I, I feel like I'm even working with now about just saying to somebody, well, how do you feel? Like identify the feeling. It's mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. To feel that way. Like, especially I just that. when I think about which, well, you're both, both families are going through grief. Mm-hmm. Of yeah. losing grandfather in your, in your case, your father and just your father-in-law. And like mm-hmm. that, 
huge loss with lots of feelings involved. And it's really an opportunity to help your kids feel their feelings instead of trying to get rid of them. I mean, Mm -hmm. this is a legitimate, painful part of life. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, Elise. Just keep talking. (laughs) And it's really, it's hard. It's hard. And that resiliency they'll need later on in life. Absolutely. And I love like you kind of touched on it as well, not to segue, but it's kind of like, you know, how do we help our kids in these circumstances? Mm -hmm. And it, and at least you made a really good point. It's like, get to the root of the emotion, like be empathetic, like come alongside. And that is what we are doing right now. And what we even did with the whole gymnastics thing, it was kind of like, you know, I would feel upset and angry if it were me as well. Yes. Like I understand that no, what is happening to mm-hmm. you is not your favorite. Yeah. It's not what you would necessarily even choose mm-hmm. for yourself. You know, and I and I would apologize for that. Like, you know, especially with the, the gymnastics thing, not with the grief thing. I'm like, I had nothing to do with that. Right. <laughs> right. You know, but you know, saying I'm sorry, saying, you know, I'm really sorry, but mom and dad are, we are trying to make the best decision for you, the healthiest choice for you right now. And Mm -hmm. well, like you said, Kim, while they may not understand it at the time, Mm -hmm. I do believe as we sit with these things, as we come alongside our kids and say, I see that you're hurting, you know, and that's okay. I'm sorry. I can't take the hurt away right now, Mm -hmm. you know, and I don't know. It's like, even saying to them, like, how can I help you to a certain degree? It's like, I don't know. Do we say that? Do we say that to our kids? Like, how can I help you? And they say, buy me a new car. You know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't I mean, know. They I might say, know. buy me ice cream. And maybe that is exactly what they need. Yeah. In yeah. that moment. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I, yeah. I think, I, ice cream? I think it's okay to say, is there anything that I can do for you? Is there any, because again, mm. it's not like, we want them to be in pain, but there is pain in life. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if there's something that we can do to help them have the feeling and also alleviate it yeah. to some degree, that's okay. Yeah. You know, we can't, that's not taking it away from them. That's, yeah. but they're, so, they're, yeah. So, so we're not practically speaking, like, I, I want to know, like, what are the, what are the things that we can do as parents without enabling them? Cause we already mm-hmm. established, like, we don't want to, we don't want to enable or coddle or protect them so much that yeah. they can't cope. Right. Like what, what do we do to help them get through it to a positive place? Yeah. Well, I think you mentioned empathy already. And and for me, empathy doesn't come naturally in our home mm. from either me or my husband. And it was definitely not the culture of either of our homes growing up. And we're, we're starting to explore that now. I mean, I knew that growing up. I mean, it just wasn't nobody wanted to deal with the big emotions it was very much like wow you know like when I my the the summer between my freshman and sophomore year of college my boyfriend died in a car accident and gosh it we were we were weeks afterwards because I hadn't gone back to college yet my dad was like are you over this already yet like it's been oh, weeks. like he, because he didn't know how he didn't know what to do for me. Yeah. So he's like, it's been, you know, it's been weeks already. Like, are we still on this? Like, oh my God. like, I mean, that was oh. like, you just feelings were bad, you know, yeah. pulling up your bootstraps mm. was good. And yes. that's what was rewarded. And yes. so, wow. you know, I'm really trying to 
I'm trying to be more empathetic. At least you've taught me how to do that by just being a friend. I have other friends who are so good at it and just letting somebody not trying to talk, not trying to talk our kids out of how they're feeling for me, like with teenagers, you know, I, I do a lot of saying that sucks. It does. Wow. Like, because I don't know what else to say. And because I think some of the statements that I read that I'm supposed to say, I just can't bring myself to say them. (laughs) I can't bring myself to be like, I know you're really hurting right now. Like it's easier (laughs) for me to go in the room, plop down on their couch and go, this sucks. And they're like, yeah, you know, and then we just sit there, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Variety of empathy. I love it. (laughs) Well, I mean, I think, I think you're right. You know, I can imagine going to my kids in the the way that you just exemplified and saying, you know, I know t- talking it through in a certain way is just not, it, it just seems disingenuous. It just doesn't, you just got to get sometimes raw and nitty gritty and, and on their level about what this really feels like. It's, or, you know, or it's just, you're right. It's not fair. You know, mm-hmm. I agree with you. Yeah. I think sometimes what we, what we have to be careful of I'm speaking to myself here about boundaries and, you know, the enabling stuff that you were talking about just too is mm-hmm. over emoting for their disappointments. Mm-hmm. I don't oh, yeah. know if you guys have ever done that, but I have done that so that there wasn't really space mm-hmm. for them to have their feelings. I had such strong feelings. So oh, that's good. Wow. Yeah. yeah. If I had an, if there was an injustice committed against oh, my children, come on, Elise. And they, <laughs> Mama Bear took over in every way. Yeah. And they, they were really hurt. I would like, and they would literally be like, Mom, step back. Like, wow. and I, and I, I can, you know, even as they're older, I'm, I, I have to listen for those cues because I have strong emotions. I do. And, so, yeah, I think that's important too, like balancing, letting them have, coming alongside them, having empathy, and also letting them have the feeling instead mm-hmm. of sort of taking it over. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, another, I, go, ahead, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Go, no, go ahead. Um, no, I was going to move on to this, like as a life coach, I've learned the mm-hmm. skill of asking questions. Yeah. And so good. I'm learning to ask my kids questions, like coach them through questions. So for example, you know, when my daughter didn't make the squad for lacrosse that she wanted to, I let her have her emotions. But then I, and then when it was appropriate, I was like, well, how many times a week are you in the backyard practicing? Do you feel like what are the things that you could do to improve your skill? You know, because not every disappointment is an injustice, you know, like, and so, you know, I ask them questions or if it's, if it's something that happens in the friendship group, you know, I ask questions so that they can identify, Hey, did I have a part to play in this? Is this Mm -hmm. something that they're going through? Is this something that, you know, you're going through, Um, you know, and trying to, to get them to come to their own realizations about this disappointment through asking questions instead of feeding them. Well, 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 they shouldn't have done that. And that coach, I'm going to give her an earful. Well, no, have, have you, have you spent the time practicing and and doing what, you know, you feel it needs to be done to make this team, you know, like, so there's questions that we can walk them through, you know, and we can even ask them questions like with the, with the gymnastics and say, well, I'm sorry that this is not, you know, you're not participating in this, but what are some other things that you can do that bring you joy in this season? Like pulling out of them, 
you know, allowing them to learn what it like critical thinking, what do I need to do for myself, self-awareness yeah. to solve this problem? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Questions are, I, love that. I, I feel like you can never lose with asking questions, honestly. You know, it just gives them an opportunity to think through something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What What are some of like, okay, so because I have all kinds of questions. I have two <laughs> middle schoolers. They're full of disappointment. Like every time I ask them to do anything, <laughs> like, oh, I have to take the trash out. Oh, I have to clean my room, you know? Like, what are those questions? Like, what are your go-to questions? For example, when they don't get a thing that they want or they they are not able to make a team or, you know, something like that. Like, at least you mentioned getting parts and plays. Like, mm-hmm. what's a question that you can pose to them very generally, that would be helpful, do you think? Well, I think part of what you said, Kimberly, is a good question. And that is, in some way, really asking them about what did they do everything that they could? Legitimately, not a leading question, literally like, so do you feel like you you brought your best to the table and you just didn't get the part? That's mm-hmm. a way of having them think. Yeah. And their answer may be yes. Yeah, I, I did. I, I did everything I could. I rehearsed. I, you know, mm-hmm. had my line, every, whatever I had, it, it was ready to go. And, yeah. and I, you know, I really think the director just doesn't like me or something like that. Right. That may right. be true. Yeah. You know, and then you have a moment to encourage them to like, Hey, you did, if you gave it your best, then you gave it your best. Exactly. Fine. Like exactly. you can keep doing it. If it's something you're really still passionate about, you can keep working towards that. Yeah. Or you can try something else, you know? Yeah. And like one of my daughters, I remember she became part of crew, the crew. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Like rowing. No, the crew of the play. Oh, like, like stage crew. Stage crew. Thank you. Got it. Yep. <laughs> they did crew, in, they did crew too, but stage crew. <laughs> You know, that's what she did for one of the plays before she actually broke into the acting. And that was kind of her. Oh, she had she had actually tried out and didn't get into something. And she joined stage crew. And I'm like, that's brilliant because you're not saying just because I didn't get the part I wanted, I'm not going to be part of this. You're saying I'm interested in theater. And so I'm going to do what I can to get in there. And I thought that Mm -hmm. was a great you know, a great response. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, empowering. Do you have yourself. anything else to add? Like, do you have any, I'm like, I'm writing these down. These are my notes. Like going to my notebook, right? This minute. Or when I think about like friendships and things that they go through socially, yeah. I've definitely had to coach through some of those situations where it's like, well, so-and-so didn't include me or so-and-so is hanging out with, you know, uh, so-and-so a whole bunch. And I just start to ask questions like, well, what's going on with her at home right now? Or, and then maybe come to find out like she's struggling at home or, you know, oh, wow. Like what, what do you think, you know, why do you think they're spending so much time together? And, and these could be these, these are dicey questions that could go either way. Right. It could, it could be mean girls. It could be mean girls that are not including them, but I would say occasionally enough that it's worth having the conversation is that they just don't have a class together anymore. And that's why you're not connecting. So, okay. So what are the things that you can do? You're going to have to work a little bit harder in order to maintain this connection with her. What are some of the things that you like to do together that you can invite her to come over? 
right? And all of a sudden it's not about the thing they thought it was about. And we're exploring, like, how do we maintain this friendship? What do you think, you know, do you feel like something went wrong or do you, or do you just not see her as much? Like, what can we, you know, you know, and these questions will help them solve the problem and then potentially put a plan in place. And so whether it's, you know, okay, mom, I'm going to start to, you know, get out in the backyard four days a week and I'm going to practice my dribbles, or I'm going to reach out to my friend that I don't have classes with anymore. And I miss a lot and ask her, she wants to go to a movie. Like Mm -hmm. what, what can we do to move past that disappointment? And sometimes it is a disappointment that we can't move past. It just is what it is. And we have to feel those motions, but I'd say many times how, you know, we can decide how we're going to respond to those, those disappointments. And then yeah, like what is the plan? What comes next? Because I think that, you know, everything doesn't have a solution per se, right? but yes. we don't want to stay stuck either. We don't want to give up and we don't want to stay stuck. And when we don't know what comes next, again, I'm always going to preface it, but there is, there is, there are going to be times when there is nothing to do next, but when we don't feel like we have a next and we don't know what to do, I can feel hopeless and we don't want our kids Mm. to get stuck in hopelessness because then they're not going to take risks. Mm, They're not going to go for it again. They're not going to, you know, dust themselves off and they're just, they're going to become, they're going to become uncomfortable with their feelings and they're going to start to avoid anything that makes them feel uncomfortable. Mm. Yeah. Oh, so true. Mm -hmm. I, I thought this, I thought as you were talking and it's kind of like, you know, the word tells us to like, take, take, um, captive every thought. Right. Yeah. And this idea of sort of exchanging it for the promises of God, exchanging these toxic mm-hmm. thoughts and whatever for something that God says. And I was, I was prepping for this and reading this article and it's like, you know, just because you lost doesn't make you a loser. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, just because you failed doesn't yeah. make you a failure. Yeah, And so it's changing the language of how our kids are actually even speaking about the circumstance. Yeah. And, and like, I love at least what you're telling me, you know, getting them to talk about like what, how they approached it. Like, did they do their best? All that kind of thing. Did they, in regards to the friendships, like, well, did you reach out to them? Like, you know, and sometimes we have this expectation, right? We're setting these expectations that our friends are going to be the same communicators and have the same style that we have and they don't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and then it's kind That's of, true. you know, helping them replace, Oh, my friend doesn't like me or they're get, they're throwing shade my direction. Right. Yeah. For no, they're just introverted and they yeah. need a little, pro- they, they need more prompting. Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. this find and replace these toxic yeah. thoughts, these debilitating thoughts for life-giving thoughts for hope filled Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of like, it's good. What I try to do with mm-hmm. my kids. I mean, I don't, you know, I fail a lot. That's why I'm asking all these questions with, you know, <laughs> but, but I do think that that is a way that we can equip our kids. It's sort of like get into their brains. Like, how are you feeling about this? Yeah. And they'll yeah. tell you, you know, they'll say, well, I feel like a loser. Cause all my friends have abandoned me, mm. you know? Yeah. And I, I think unearthing some of the, what are you saying to yourself kind of stuff yeah. is great if you can do that. If yes. You get your kids to see um, that they're kind of sealing the deal. Like I, I was having a conversation with my daughter the other day and 
it was about it was about meeting people in the city and particularly guys and she <laughs> said something that was sort of like like a, a closed door and mm. I said to her you know honey you you've got to change that language you've got to change you've got to change your language to be more open to the possibility that even with covid people are meeting one another there you yeah. know she's in a new city she's it's 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 not easy socially it's a very difficult period but right. still if you say this is never going to happen for me or this always happens i think it's really yeah. important to teach our kids that 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 language is powerful yeah we just had this crazy discussion i can't even believe i didn't think about it but you just made me think of it so my son is like an engineering brain he's like totally nerdy geeking out whatever and we were talking about movies last night as a family. And my husband mentioned to him, he goes, you know, sometimes the movie makers actually have envisioned something that then ultimately came into existence. And so we had this conversation about how our thoughts and our words manifest our future. And it, yeah. and God did it uh-huh. in, in the word of God. Like, and he was my my son. You could t- tell the wheels were like spinning. Like, wait a minute, give me an example. You know, so we gave him a couple of examples of like these technologies, like hover trains. You know, I'm like Truman. Those exist. They are use high powered magnets. The train actually hovers just above the track. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what? Like his mind is blown about all this. He's like, yeah. they don't fly through the air. I'm like, well, not yet. <laughs> um, but I just, you know, these are the types of things that we can instill this encouragement and hope in our kids, right? If we can help them see a vision, see something beyond yeah, yeah. The, the, I'm never going to meet someone. The stuckness mm-hmm. place. Yeah, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. exactly. And say, well, you, it might, you might meet someone differently. You know, it may not be what you thought it was going to be. You're not going to go to like a bar and like, you know, Mr. Handsome is going to be down the end. Like, Hey, how's it going? <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. Bad drink. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but you, but you still or, might meet him yeah. at a friend's house. You know, you just never. You know, just so. never know, and and yeah. yeah, I think that's really important for our kids. I was also thinking another thing is we can share what we've been through. You know, as long as we don't oh, like when our kids are disappointed going through these hard things, as long as we don't take over again mm. what what they're trying to share about themselves. Express, yeah. We can we can say you know I, I I had an experience like that at one point and this is what happened for me and and they can be like oh wow that's a bummer I I didn't know that happened to you you know so I think that's another another that. way of helping them through disappointment is to kind of go yeah this is this has happened to me too yeah. it's a form of empathy I suppose right yeah definitely yeah I mean I think all stages I mean. I, you know, I'm trying to learn how to strategically share certain things and wait and hold off on others. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think it's important. I mean, like, it's interesting. Like, my kids have no idea, like, I was a person before them. Like, recently, yes, right, um, right. something happened with my daughter, and she's like, oh, my gosh, are you mad at me? And I'm like, Ava, I was in college, too. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've been there, done that. Like, I don't, I don't, there's nothing that you can tell me that's going to make me feel like that's it. I'm done with you. Like I just, (laughs) and you know, it was harmless. And I just, 
I mean, I'm glad we have the openness that we can talk about these things, but it almost breaks my heart that she would think that I know nothing of disappointment or I know nothing Mm, of choices that could have been made differently. Like, yeah, of course I do, you know? And so even from a young age, I probably sheltered them from that. I probably waited a little too late to start to sort of share my stories, but how can we share our stories even when they're young and age appropriate ways and say, yeah, I had a friend on the playground that didn't want to play with me. You know, mm-hmm. well, what did you do, mom? How did you feel? Make sure you tell them how they, how you felt. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that's important yeah. to, to yeah. put that in there, but yeah, they need to know that we have life, some life experience. We yeah. learned a few things. It is true that they are really, there's still things that I can tell my kids and they're like, really, you did that? Or that was your story. And I think it's, um, it's true. They don't really know us and we can, we can help them to know us a little bit when we share that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and my, my teenagers, they like a good story now. Sure. Yeah. Now that now they want to know the the real deal. They want to <laughs> ask me questions. And... Well, my I think kids I... ask my mom and my brother and my sister all the dirt. They want to ask yeah. all the dirt on mom. Oh my gosh. Oh. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting, interesting, right? Yeah, it is. Because yeah. they only know one lens. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I tell I... you, with my daughter, like. So, you know, she was kind of in the same similar stage, like middle school for me was actually really, really rough. My parents separated, Mm. like I was dealing with all of these emotions that I didn't even, you know, I was dealing with puberty and all that emotions and the waves of hormones. And then this, you know, divorce happening in my home life. And so I didn't even realize like the expressions of my face or who I was as a person were actually probably really hard to, to be friends with, you know, at the time. Mm -hmm. But that the girls in my classes were really aggressive in, in the name calling and in the belittling and the, Mm -hmm. you know, we're like purposefully excluding me from things. And so I, I always told my daughter, I said, you know, that was like the dark ages for me. I said, I'd really love to forget that those even happened because it made me feel so valueless. Mm. You know, I didn't, I not only didn't think that I was a good daughter because, you know, all this is happening with my family. I didn't think I was a good friend. And I said, you know, here's the, the myth that, and the, and the lie that snuck in in that season mm. was that boys are the only people that are going to place value on me. Mm-hmm. And, and really at that time, like all my friends were guys, you know, yeah. because I was a pretty girl and I had blossomed early and la la la, like all the things that I now know, looking back, I'm like, yeah, that's why they wanted to be friends with me. <laughs> um, like, Oh God, it was just so obvious, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, but that, that lie I took a hold of. And then throughout my adult life, you know, the the way that I sought attention from men and and even manipulated them to a certain degree, like it, it was just not a good situation. So I shared openly with her, this is what I struggled with. Like sometimes girls are just mean, but that doesn't mean that you're not valuable, that you're not a good friend. And like, can you continue being a good friend? Yeah. And I said, they will come around. Mm-hmm. So ugh, it's hard being transparent with your kids. Yeah, it can be, it can be really hard. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. You know, I know we've talked a lot about a lot of big stuff in this episode, and I know that we have older kids and so we can talk about this, but I just want to encourage anybody who's listening, if they have young kids, that resiliency and these habits, they can start, you can start using these very young, you know, disappointment that they didn't get the toy they wanted or that Mm -hmm. they... It's not really a big kid problem, but my son will get disappointed when he doesn't get the meal he wanted, right? But again, mm-hmm. it's an opportunity to be like, I know you're disappointed. What would you like me to put on the menu this week? Can you put together a list of the ingredients we need, right? So then we're t- I take him through those steps. It's a very small thing. We're not crying over it, but I empathize. Mm-hmm. I ask some questions. He puts, we put together a plan and then we can, you can get the meal you Move want, on. but like yeah. ruining our night because you didn't get what you wanted, you know? So, I mean, these things, <laughs> these, these lessons, they don't need to be big life altering lessons. Like, you know, that's the little things, right? What's yeah. the, I mean, I think this is my new favorite scripture about the little foxes. It's those little things that we can start training our kids in and we can make it a part of our family culture that we, you know, we, we get disappointed, but it doesn't keep us stuck. Yeah, absolutely. I love that so much. And that's such a good reminder. You know, the little like toddlers and stuff, we can start to have them build the coping mechanisms that Mm -hmm. they're not always going to get what they want then. Mm -hmm. And if you, mama, if you are listening right now, if you do that, if you are consistent in that, then when they are teenagers and they do start asking for cars and big things and big things start happening, it's not as big a tantrum or mm-hmm. I'm running away from you because you don't do what I want you to. Mm-hmm. It's not as big of a thing. It's more like, okay, well, let's find out what my second best option is. Yeah. Maybe know? I need to get a job. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Kimberly preach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it's important. All right. Any last thoughts before we wrap it up? Well, I, I would just say, Jess, that I really agree with that. If you if you do this kind of training at a very young age, you know, we're talking two two years old. Mm-hmm. Kids are negotiators, and yeah. and they're also <laughs> they're also you know emotionally manipulative. I mean, they just talk. <laughs> So if she we said can, it out loud, folks. Did you hear it? <laughs> if we can, if we can know that, then we can we can not give in to everything and allow them their disappointment, their mm-hmm. feelings about it, help them identify it, and we will alleviate some of the agony <laughs> when you add a one to the two, 12, mm-hmm. 13, yes. 14, you know? yes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that's good. And I'm going to say one last thing that I didn't, that's probably another whole podcast episode, but us as parents, understanding this concept ourselves goes a long way because there have been times when I have been disappointed with my, with, with how my kids have responded to me or disappointed with not being able to do what I wanted to do or get them to behave the way I want them to behave. And so now I'm making poor decisions out of that place. You know, yeah. and so I I need to learn to be disappointed. I need to learn that, you know, sure, I just offered my daughter a spa day and she would rather be with her friends. Like, <laughs> yep. you know, know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yes. Um, it's funny too. I, 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 I sometimes say one of my daughters was home. My older daughters were home actually a couple of them during the pandemic and 
one of them said to me, you always say you're disappointed. Well, first of all, I didn't know that that's what I said. And second of all, she was equating being disappointed about something with being disappointed in her. Mm. And that was a differentiation that I really was like, I need to make this very clear. I am not disappointed in you. I am disappointed about a certain circumstance that I didn't see turn out the way I want it. Just like what you said, really. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we have to, you know, work on our own little disappointment reactions. Yeah. So that we can continue to love them and that they can know what they can expect from us. It's not based on whether or not they've pleased us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. I like this. I'm going to take some notes and make sure I continue to apply these things because I know it's easy for these kiddos to get disappointed. This was a loaded one. actually. Well, thank you, ladies. You definitely um, inspired me and equipped me with more, more things to do, you know, but, but in a, in a positive way, I think Uh it's good. Thank you. (laughs) No, this is a good conversation. It's definitely worth having. Because I don't think it, it, I don't think it benefits our kids to, to keep them and protect them from disappointment. Yeah. No. And you know, we didn't say this, but people really say things sometimes that I'm just like, like, I don't want my child to have to go through X, Y, and Z. And I'm kind of like, but that's, (laughs) that's life. (laughs) X, Y, and Z is part of life. Like you can't, you know, some of the friendship stuff is horrific. Mm -hmm. Yep. But you can't go in and start talking to those kids and tell them to be nicer to your child. You just, you just can't. It would be nice if you could. And it would be, and there's, if, if you want to do something about like a more, a larger picture, how do we get these kids to be kinder to one another amongst mothers or whatever? Mm-hmm. But like, you just, you can't, we can't, we can't alleviate every disappointment. We can't provide whatever it takes to, to avoid the disappointment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You just can't, that's not, it doesn't serve them. Yeah. Yeah. We couldn't even do it if we tried. Nope. Okay. Alrighty. Thank you ladies. This was amazing. Thank you everyone. God bless us everyone. Bye. If you want to dig deeper into what we talk about on the podcast each week, check out the Build Your Best Family Facebook group. It's where we hang out with some fabulous women and we practice what we've learned. There's also encouragement, group coaching, and incredible resources there too. Remember, family culture is not about perfect. It's about purpose.